0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Phillies Therapy All-Star Edition, where Matt Gelb of The Athletic Philadelphia has joined me once again, as the Phillies are on the cusp of a, a Um, somewhat deserved break as the all-star festivities kick off in Los Angeles. Um, the, the futures game has already happened. The home run derby is coming up on Monday. Uh, the big shebang comes on Tuesday. The Phillies have the following two days off, which is nice before kicking off the homestand. Kyle Schwarber will be out there. Bryce Harper. I'm not sure if he's going to be physically present, but of course he was elected. Zach Wheeler is... Not going to be out there. Just not enough replacements, I guess, to manage to get him onto the roster. That's neither here nor there. But the Phillies are, are, as we record, on the cusp of finishing off a sweep of the Marlins. And I hope I'm not mushing that. They have a four-run lead with one out in the ninth inning. So God help we're, me if I end up pushing that.
1: We're going to get to do this podcast while Jose Alvarado is pitching. I just, are, you, are you
0: excited about this? You know, I no sooner did the words just come out of my mouth than I realized that that something's probably going to happen. Um, just to pinpoint it exactly when things go wrong, just so you can come back and, and, and raise your pitchforks at us. There are two on with one out in the bottom of the ninth, and Noel's about to get lifted, just, just I mean, so you know.
1: I need somebody to rewind. I, I, they showed the bullpen, Alvarado, warming up. And one of the mounds, like obviously they haven't had to use the mounds today. nola has been so good. It looks like somebody on one of the mounds, on the slope of the mound, drew, you know, when you had like your trapper keeper when you were in school and you would draw those S's, like those, oh, those yeah. I don't know how you, I don't know how you describe them. I don't know what they're from, but like, you'd always see people drawing them and trying to figure out how to draw them. It looked like somebody drew two of them on the slope of one of the bullpen mounds.
0: Interesting. I wonder what that's code for. I think it's just code for being bored out there trying (laughs) to try to send us a message. Yeah. Help get us action. Um, well, you got your wish. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Jose Alvarado. Um, who's been better lately. I need to stop slagging him. He's been, he's been good since he got recalled and I, I need to wait until, you know, things actually fall apart before I start, I guess, uh, feeling so much dread while he's in the game lately. Look, I mean, that's not to say he's been completely lights out. He still manages to let a few guys on base, you know, in some of his outings. But he's not letting runs across, which I think was the whole problem. Um, so he's been fine. But hopefully he can close it out. Anyway, speaking of closing things out, the first half as a whole is about to come to a close. And as you and I were discussing just before we hit record here on this episode, the the Phillies, assuming they hold on here, and even if they don't, but assuming they hold on in this game in Miami, one out in the ninth, they'd be six games over 500 at the break, which is the first half is 92 games <laughs> instead of 81. Uh, so they'd be 49 and 43 tied with St. Louis for the last wild card spot. St. Louis's game was postponed. Uh, so they'd make up the half game. Um, that's, I think where a lot of people expected them to be, but how they've gotten here has, uh, not exactly followed the off season formula that we thought was being put in place here. We expected the Phillies to be a big power slugging offensive driven team with mm, maybe enough pitching to get by two good starters at the top of the rotation. And then who knows what in the bullpen, and they'd have to outslug guys to steal a few games. Well stupid us <laughs> it just so turns out that actually the phillies have an elite bullpen uh with two great starting pitchers and their offense is kind of near the bottom third of the league in a couple of numbers uh not necessarily in, in runs per game they're actually scoring pretty well they're they're what are they about 4.7 oh, runs a game six, they're top 10 sixth or wide.
1: seventh yeah i mean they're yeah. in the middle of the pack
0: yeah. but they're doing it in such strange ways they're not you know Clobbering the ball night in, night out, their on base percentage, which you thought would be driven by, you know, the likes of Schwarber, Hoskins, and Harper, who are notorious walk machines at their best, you know, would spike that up a little bit. And it's just that hasn't really been there. But they're still scoring runs. I don't. Know. It, it's very weird to see where this team has gotten and how it has not followed this vision at all. Instead of taking a straight path from A to B, they started at A at the beginning of the season. Uh, veered off course and did some loop-de-loops around the side and eventually found their way near B anyway. Matt, the Athletic Philadelphia's Philadelphia's Matt Gild. Matt, h- how do we, how do we make sense of what we've watched of this team? And, and you and I, we, we need to go through a couple of things and figure out whether we're buying or selling some of this. So, so first off, help me make sense of, of this team and whether the path that they've taken is one that they should try taking again or may take again in the second half as we hopefully stay competitive and in a postseason chase as the season goes on.
1: I think I get why people are kind of confused about how to feel right now for, for one, you know, they've, they've seen this before. They've seen team, you know, I've seen Phillies teams in recent years, you know, Uh in a decent spot, you know, midway, even going into August before, uh, only to, to see it flounder at the end. So I understand that, you know, you need to see more to be, to, to trust it. I get it. And also I think there's confusion because yes, that it has not gone as expected. And yet here we are and they're on pace for 86 wins. They're right about probably where we thought. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, well, do I, am I optimistic because they've done it in a way I didn't expect. And maybe things even out a little bit and they, they still find ways to win or should I be pessimistic because, you know, maybe this is a, a built on a house of cards mm-hmm. and I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to tell you how to feel, I think that's why we're here is to, like, talk it out. But, like, I think you generally trend toward being optimistic because, you know, you've gotten here without uh, a significant amount of Gene Segura. You know, you've gotten here without, you know, Bryce Harper for almost a month, you know, really a month now, almost a month. And those guys will be back. We don't really know when. I think it's reasonable to expect Segura mid-August and Harper sometime in late August, mid to late August. Okay. And so you start to look at it and you're like, well, (laughs) you know, if it's a team build on offense and those guys are coming back, like I have a lot of confidence that, you know, the numbers that by the end of the season are going to look a little better or on pace to what we expected, the pitching might even out a little bit, but there's more guys coming to, you know, even that out with the offense. So I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think, uh, it's crazy, right? When you think about it, I mean, they fired the manager. Their star slugger broke his finger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: S- solid second baseman broke his finger. Uh, Nick Castellano signed to, you know, a $100 million deal to be another slugger in the middle. Has hit one home run since the manager was fired. Hey. And, 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 you know, <laughs> Zach Eflin's been on the IL. The yep. anointed closer hasn't been the closer. Uh, all these different <laughs> things that have... You know, conspired against them and they, they're they solid. Like they're solid right now. And they could have fallen off the wheels this week. I mean, think about it. Think about, you know, the feelings, a uh, four game losing streak and kind of the, the negative energy that was generated in, in Toronto. And sure, you come to Miami and you're facing one of the best pitchers on the planet and you scratch out a win against him, a great win, maybe one of the best wins of the season so Honestly, far. Yeah, re- really. And, and you find a way to make sure that you go into the break feeling, feeling good, feeling mm-hmm. good about where this is going. And it was teetering, I think there, uh, it was very possible. This looks, uh, different, especially if Corey can does to make that pitch in St. Louis, the Phillies yep. don't get that win against Alcantara. I mean, it really, uh,
0: <laughs> Oh, we came close. We, we came close it's, to disaster. It. It's,
1: it's, it's such an interesting team. And I think, uh, I'm not, you know, it's impossible to know what's going to happen going forward, but I do know this. They, they will make some trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will be pitching centric trades. I, I fully expect. Uh, I think there's, there's just more pitching on the market, uh, especially reliever, uh, right-handed reliever pitching. Yes. Uh, and they, they will need some of their star players to step up. We started to see from JT real Muto this weekend. Uh, notwithstanding whatever he said or didn't say or whether he was emotional or not emotional when he said what he said uh-huh. uh, he he had a good weekend in Miami and I think in the end that's what most Phillies fans uh, care about is that he performs when he's on the field and uh, he has done just that and as I'm talking Alec Bohm steps on third base and the game's over so Everybody Phillies are 49 done. and 43 going into the break
0: I didn't mush wow. it yay
1: yeah. woo Jose Alvarado carries a scoreless streak into the all-star break. Who would have thought? Uh, yeah,
0: I I need to actually get this on uh, on the record of some kind here. I, before before I hit record here, I, I was walking myself back from my muscle memory of, of you know, this reflexive <laughs> slagging of Jose Alvarado every time he comes into the game. I mean, he's a bit of a heart attack sometimes still, but honestly, on the whole, ever since his recall, he's... He's been much better, and I have to dap him up for that. Uh,
1: All right. So you, if you're buying, if you're buying Jose Alvarado, that's one. But I mean, there's there's uh, a lot yeah. of things about this team, right, that we're trying, that we're confused about. You're trying to sift mm-hmm. through and think like, what is real and what isn't. And this is something the front office has to do over the next two weeks as they decide, yeah. you know, what are we going to go get, what are we going to go pay to go get what we're going to get. Yep. And a lot of that is based upon what they what they believe it to be true and not true about the performances they've seen on the field so far.
0: Excellent segue. And I think we need to, I think we need to talk a little bit more granularly look, look a little more individually about what we think is real with this team. Like what, what can we count on as um, coming close to being replicated in the second half? Right. I, I think that's, that's what we're trying to look for here. We're trying to look for something uh, that we can point to on this team, whether offensively, defensively, uh, pitching wise, that that makes sense. That seems to line up with our expectations from early in the season or before the season. Um, something that we can expect to um, show up and be there, you know, assuming health, of course, as the second half goes on. And I think the the answers to this are interesting for different reasons and we'll we'll, we'll get into that as as we go along. We'll start with with the buy side and we'll look at the pitching first because honestly, the pitching as a unit has been the best unit for this team. It's it's so weird to say with the moves they made and what looked to be a pretty clear plan to go heavy on offense has instead tilted the complete opposite direction. And over the last six weeks plus, the Phillies have been an elite pitching unit, (laughs) which is, is bizarre because you look at the people they've added to this team, and it's not like they assembled a uh a, a late 2010s new york yankees bullpen uh you know chapman andrew miller and like all those guys who are were, who were real just ascendant at that point it's it's a weird mix of guys who have completely lost their way for a month or two at a time for guys who were non-roster invitees hadn't pitched in the majors in seven years guys who had some of the worst relief ERAs and and all of the majors last year. And they've all come together (laughs) to somehow be really good. Not, not just passable, but like really good. It's crazy. And so I think along those lines, and I think if you're one of the people who are unlucky enough to follow me on Twitter, you know, that this is my gimmick at this point, but I'm buying Andrew Bellotti because not only was he a, a nice story as a pickup and, You know, somebody who who seemed like he had lost his way a bit and and was a long shot to make the majors has instead unlocked some kind of ridiculous strikeout stuff, which is absolutely insane. He's not an elite reliever, and I'm not going to go out there and say, we found ourselves the next Mariano Rivera diamond in the rough here. No way. (laughs) I'm not crazy. But what we've actually seen out of him, and as I look at his numbers right now, he did not pitch on Sunday, so these won't be affected. He's logged 30 innings. 30 and two thirds, to be precise, 46 strikeouts and 129 batters faced. That's that's crazy. (laughs) That's nuts. But I think the thing with him that makes me believe is that the stuff is holding up. The stuff on the eye test really supports the way he's been pitching. The walks are a little bit elevated, which sets things back a little bit. And he's given up a few home runs. We're not looking at a guy who's posted an elite line right now. And so I'm not looking forward and saying, yes, we have magically discovered the next bullpen ace. No, I don't think that's true. I think the Phillies have been looking for some kind of, we, we talk about stability a lot. They've been looking for something that was just even, even just good for a an extended period of time. Didn't have to be great. Didn't have to be amazing. Just somebody that wouldn't fall to pieces in a given outing. And Bellati hasn't done that yet. I don't know if he's going to necessarily stay healthy for the rest of the year. This is a long season. He hasn't pitched as much in the majors before. And, you know, it's yada, yada, yada. I can ask asterisk this all day long if I wanted to. I like what I've seen out of him. I think the numbers are, are an incredibly pleasant surprise. And they are mostly supported by my, you know, own personal eye test watching the guy. I think he's got the stuff to support the crazy strikeout rate. Um, but the walks and the homers come with that. So I think he's real. And what's what's a bonus about this is even though it's been a while since he was in the majors, he hasn't burned up a whole ton of service time. So you have tons of options with bringing him back for future years. And if he pitches like this, you absolutely should bring him back for 2023. So I'd buy Andrew Bellotti on the pitching side. Matt, how about you? What, who are you looking to buy?
1: Just one other thing about Bilotti, which is interesting sure. to me, is that look, look, more, they, yes, more Andrew
0: Bilotti, yes, please.
1: Well, they, they, ex, you know, they expected <laughs> that Sam Coonrod and Connor Brogdon would be you know, oh. big-time right-handed. you forgetting about Sam Coonrod. Football. Maybe you'll see him in August, maybe. Okay, okay. Maybe. Uh, but both of those guys were expected to be guys you're pitching in the middle to late innings, mm-hmm. and Bilotti entering the break here has faced the 10th most hitters for any Phillies pitcher this year. Uh, mm. and really that means the fifth most for any reliever. I mean, he has been, he's been used a lot and he's yeah. delivered and, uh, he was, he was big. I mean, again, a middle reliever, but you know, really big depth piece for them in the, in the first half. So mm. I like what you're saying.
0: Nice. Thank
1: you. Who else am I? Who else, am I buying? You you're giving me my buy right now.
0: Yeah. Let's, let, let's keep on with the, um, is this like, is
1: this like too cheap because he just pitched eight and a third scoreless innings, but I mean, i'll get, I'll be specific. I'm buying Aaron Nola, and I'm, what I'm buying is that he's going to pitch a career high in innings this season.
0: Sure, looks that so way. So
1: his career high is 212 and a third, set in that you know tremendous 2018 mm. season. That okay. okay, you know, again may never be duplicated. Even if he keeps doing what he's doing right now, it's going to be hard to duplicate that season. Uh, but I think he's on pace for a, a tick above that now, okay. given his start today. Maybe on pace for about two thirteen or two fourteen. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna I think he's gonna do it. Nice. And I think what is lost in all the analysis of Aaron Nolan, there's been a lot, and uh he's been tremendous to them this year, is that is that he takes the ball every fifth day. And I cannot understate overstate. I cannot overstate how yeah. <laughs> important <laughs> <or> that is. <laughs> in a game where pitching <laughs> Every year it seems to get worse, but like I feel like it's worse than ever. I mean, it is really hard to find good, durable pitching. Yeah. And, you know, the Phillies have been blessed when it comes to Nola and, and Wheeler, you know, since he signed the deal for them. Uh, what Noah has done in just terms of being able to take the ball every fifth day is remarkable. And I know there have been hiccups and I know there are times where he hasn't pitched like a top of the rotation guy. And is he an ace? No, probably not. I think it depends on your definition of ace. And I'm somebody who's a smaller ace guy. Like I, I think there's isn't very few, I don't think there's 30 it. in baseball, one for every team. No, like I sure. think there's okay. way fewer than that. That's my definition of an ace. It's not just, there's one guy in on every team. It's less than that. And he's, he's really though. I mean, his ability to pitch the kind of innings and log the innings that he has is so invaluable in the sport right now. I really do think that. And I think, Paul, one of the reasons why the bullpen has been so good is that they haven't been as exposed because they've they've been able to let their starters go deeper into games and they've been more willing to do that. Trust those guys and you haven't had the bullpen, you know, when you think about it, like, yeah, they had to lean on some guys at times. Yeah. Did Dominguez look a little tired a little shaky near the end of the first half no question is he a big question mark yes but like Mm -hmm. they haven't really had to lean on these guys yep they really haven't and that's because their starting pitching has has really taken them deep into games on a consistent basis uh and and i'm so i'm buying Noah. i don't know if 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 the era is going to be where it is right now at the end of the year you know uh you know high three twos whatever it is right now after that performance but I'm buying him taking the bar fifth day and, and, and mostly doing what he's been doing. And that's so big for them.
0: I think that's a really great point about the way Nola and Zach wheeler ever since he, he, you know, shook off the late spring training rust in April, what those two guys have been able to do, you know, sometimes spread one day apart in the rotation, what they've been able to do going deep into games in these last few starts is absolutely correct. Like I, you don't, you don't like to get too John Smoltzy about things and say, oh, I like the way things used to be and like uh, the, the way the game is played today. It just, it's just disagreeable. And I, I, I try not to do that about really about anything. I like to appreciate the game the way it is. But I don't love the way starting pitching has evolved just as a, as a profession, as a job, as a position on the baseball field. Um, you look at the way innings have gone down on an individual basis, I can't help but think it's, it's nefariously almost a little bit designed to kind of homogenize pitching, that there's a little bit less um, specialization, that there's less of a, less of an opportunity to really succeed in a, in a particular role, simply because the game over the last few years has pushed its way toward minimizing starting pitching, really, you know, you look at openers and, you know, the the, the public data around uh, times through the order and all these arguments pushing against extended starting pitching use, and it's really been kind of fading away, save for a few guys, you know, and that, of course, leads to <laughs> some of the ridiculousness we've seen with position players pitching more often this year. But anyway, that's a that's a different topic. What Noel has been able to do, you are 100 percent correct, is. Give that valuable length on a regular basis. Where, yeah, you only needed two outs from your bullpen today. The, b- the whole bullpen just got a day off leading into the All Star break. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic, and he's been doing that regularly. Um, I remember saying earlier in the season that i really wanted him to bounce back in some way, and and this has absolutely been it. In the first, do out.
1: you think he gets to two twenty?
0: No. The last no. Phillies
1: pitcher gets a two twenty is Cole Hamels in twenty
0: thirteen. Yeah. I, I I don't. I, I feel like there's probably a little bit of bumpiness coming his way, if for nothing else than just a hunch. Um, maybe a couple short starts in, in the late summer that that put him off track for that. I do I think he can? Sure. Absolutely. He's clearly got the body for it. He's got the the stamina and endurance for it. He's he is a true starting pitcher who can log that amount of work. Uh I I, I don't think the odds are great. I wouldn't be surprised if he does, though, at the same time. Okay, so th- those are our buys, and they're both positive in this case. Um, I think we do need to talk a little bit more about um, who we're selling, because it <laughs> this team is not without its flaws, right? Like, there are, there are some warts here. They are tied for the last playoff spot, sure. Six games over 500, great. Um, <laughs> they... Uh, the whole the whole path A to B thing that we were we were talking about, where they're they're getting there in strange ways. Well, that involves some players who we expected uh, different things from uh contributing <laughs> in certain ways. Uh and so I'll start with a bit of um I'll start with a player who's been in the negative, but who I actually think is going to be more positive in the second half. And that's Nick Castellanos. Okay. So Nick Castellanos um to say he's had an interesting first half i think would be uh, accurate he's let's see in the game today pulling up the box score real quick live on the air this is this is live radio here so he went 1 for 4 with two strikeouts and double he, i think yeah he comes into the the all-star break with a, a 251 batting average uh, his on-base percentage is probably after that yeah still below 300 um, OPS is under 680. Um, that's not, that's not what, that's not what we wanted. That's not what you wanted to see out of the guy that you signed for five, 100, but I maintain hope that things are going to be different for this guy in the second half. I am losing the battle. I think with perception that there is something salvageable for this year with him, because the longer this goes on with his cold streak, you know, you mentioned he's hit one home run since the manager change. It's a month and a half at this point. Uh, that's not great. He's swinging a, a lot of pitches out of the zone. That's kind of always been his game. He's, he's a bit of a hacker, but it's really getting exposed uh, so far this year. The last couple of years, I don't think we're a fluke for him. He was a very good hitter the last couple of years. I, his career did not start off on the strongest note when he was with Detroit. It took him a little bit to get his footing. But since he's been in Cincinnati last year in particular, the 2020 season, I'm, I'm, I'm fine writing that off for a, a lot of players. And he was exactly league average. He had 100 OPS plus, um, but put up a line sort of similar to what he's doing now, just minus the power. The years that surround that, I think give me more confidence that there really is still something in there. He's only in his age 30 season. He's, you know, he seems healthy. I don't know if there's something to do with the conspiracy theory that he got hit by a pitch and that's when his power left him. If something's going on there, I don't know. I don't really get that indication, but there could I don't be. Think so, I feel like he's just had bad breaks on top of some legitimately bad games and bad streaks but that that's going to even out in the second half. So I am selling that Nick Castellanos is going to be this bad in the second half. I think there are better things awaiting him. Hopefully the power comes back a bit more. I think he's just going to make a little bit more contact, um, which would be sorely needed. And I just, I I sell the idea that he's dead money half a season into this contract right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've resisted, you know, I know a lot of people have, have, uh, have been crushing him and, and it's you know it's warranted he has not performed well no and criticism is 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 totally justified here i've resisted like totally uh crushing the guy because i'm just not i don't know like i i think you have to truck trust trust the track record mm-hmm. uh with a guy like him i just i'm not i don't know uh it's been disappointing i think it's been more disappointing is like watching the quality of at bats i yeah. think that's more disappointing than the numbers yes the quality of at bats uh hasn't been there and i know that has frustrated a lot of people and rightfully so i mean there are at bats that are not competitive yep. they're at bats where he looks like he'd rather be anywhere else and we know that's not the case Like the guy mm-hmm. does want to win and it's funny because I was going back and reading some stuff about when he went to the Cubs and how about how he was just so embraced because of the way uh you know the energy and sort of the 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 passion that he played with on the field. And uh, obviously it's easier to do that when you're going when you're going good and he hasn't been going good. And I, I do think it's in there. I, I really think that they <laughs> more than anything, I mean they need they need power from this guy. I mean, like, he's yeah. been a singles hitter for for quite a few weeks now, and he's been getting hits. Like you look up and like he's still like he's hitting 250, which I know batting average isn't a great right way to measure things. Obviously, in this instance, it right. you see why, but I, I can't believe the guy's hitting 250. Right? I mean, like, mm. there have been so many throwaway at bats, and you're like, wow, like he's still he's hitting two fifty, which in this sport right now is is pretty good like so he he's he's gotten hits and maybe that's something that 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 maybe starts to, to to relax him i'm sure he was looking up at the scoreboard and he sees the numbers and it's just natural any guy's gonna see that and just start oh, yeah. to try to make it up in one swing and obviously there's a book on him teams have been going down in away, way a lot of soft stuff and and he hasn't been able to lay off and we'll see uh i, I think it's been disappointing no question and especially throwing the defense which uh, he's the worst defensive right fielder i've ever seen like bar none and it, <laughs> it's 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 not good like he's one of the worst everyday players in baseball here at the break if you take in offense and defense but uh I, I have a hard time believing it'll get worse and maybe that's uh faint praise but i i have a hard time believing it's gonna get worse
0: i just yeah like i look at the the, the slugging 377 entering today you know minus the the one for four with a double in sunday's game and that's that's lower than Alec Bohm's slugging coming in, and we've all kind of re- realized that Alec Bohm has not been hitting for any kind of power. Um, he's got six home runs, Alec Bohm does, and yet his slugging is still above Castellanos. It, it's just been a really weird first half. That doesn't make sense. Along those lines, something that doesn't feel quite right for a different reason to me is Kyle Schwarber, and he's the second guy on the offensive side I'm selling. I won't spend too much time thinking about him uh, because this is this is actually a little bit more of a negative thing. But I think the power is real. I I don't think there's anything you know we can say against you know 29 first half home runs. It's incredible. Um, he's got that pop. He's a strong boy. He can hit home runs for sure. But after his over four today, he's hitting 208. His on base percentage is is back down the in the three tens, just not that far ahead of Castellanos. Um, and he's striking out you know, about 30% of the time, which is, which is a lot. It's a lot. I mean, look, he's, he's drawing his walks. He has a good eye. It's a very weird lineup that has him still at the top of its order. (laughs) Like at this point, I guess it's just the matter of like, Hey, it's working hands off kind of thing. Um, Schwarber worries me a little bit because when I look at guys like this, I, I try and find things in the way they've been performing that support what I'm watching. Right. Does that make sense? So I look at Schwarber and I say, okay, he's got the pop for a while there, all of June in the first couple of weeks of July, uh, he, he was hitting, you know, with a, a giant wiffle ball bat or taking an aluminum bat to golf balls. And just every, like everything he swung at was getting hit 420 feet. It was amazing. But when he wasn't going deep, he wasn't getting on base. Right. And you kind of want to see a little bit more than all or nothing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not looking at gift horse in the mouth. Those, those power numbers helped carry this team in June. Yeah. That's something
1: is like all or nothing. Like they might like, they need power from somebody. They, they needed power from somebody. They still will need it. And it's really what they've been lacking up and down a lineup consistently. Yeah. Like if he's just a guy who's going to strike out a bunch and not hit for hours and just hit, hit some, hit some homers every now and then like that, that's probably good enough.
0: Right. And that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to come around on here is my thinking is okay. If he does fall back a bit and he does become all or nothing more, all or nothing really than he's been in the first half. Yeah, that's probably okay. I mean, that's why I'm selling a bit more softly than I am the the reverse trend of Castellanos here. Something maybe you're about- selling.
1: Maybe you're selling Kyle Schwarber leadoff hitter.
0: Well, y- yes, I've I am very uncomfortable with Schwarber as a long term leadoff guy. I, it it worked for a while, and like I said, I was fine with cruise control, letting it go. Okay, I get it. Sometimes you get superstitious and you don't want to mess with what's working. The team. The, this is a I mean, long-standing there's problem. There's with the literally,
1: team. literally no one else
0: to do it. Right? Really. Like, there's what do you? What do you no do? Else to, Who else no do you put else. up there? No. no one. No one. You, there's you no can, one to put up there. You can make an argument for GT, but that doesn't make sense. Like, he doesn't I, want to do it. He doesn't want yeah, to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, look. Yeah. It's, it, it's fine for now. I Get it. Hopefully, you know, when Segura comes back, maybe that's something that enters play. It doesn't seem like it's going to. We're probably looking at this lineup situation probably for the rest of the year. Probably. Um, and it's just, uh, I, I, hope it holds up, but something's got me a little bit worried and I just, uh, I, I hope I'm worrying for nothing. That's all I'll say about that.
1: All right. Well, the one guy I'm going to sell and, and there's other guys, but this guy sticks out to me is Brad hand and mm-hmm. no, I'll be very quick about this. No offense to Brad hand. He's, he's been totally fine for them. He's pitched some big, huge spots for them. Some really mm-hmm. big spots, bigger spots than I think I would have imagined. Um, and with your boy Jose Alvarado's emergence, maybe Hand, <laughs> you know, takes takes a step back a little bit, and Alvarado yeah. gets the bigger lefty spot. But Hand is not allowed a home run yet this year. Yeah, uh, that's right. That that's I think there's some luck involved there. <laughs> like I, I think there's going to be some regression. Uh, the stuff hasn't been as sharp recently. He's kind of like living ninety two. He's had trouble throwing strikes at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, 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 a walk rate that just kind of scares you a little bit. Uh, so I'll sell Brad Hand and and it just underscores I think why they need to go get some more bullpen help. Uh especially since their two acquisitions, uh free agency, the two middle middle relievers, Familia and Hand, two setup guys, really. They expected to be seventh and eighth inning. Yep. Uh Familia is the you know, last guy in the bullpen right now. Second to last guy in the bullpen, I guess, and hand is has pitched well, but I think it's uh I think it's on a tight rope.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't really see a way where somebody like Brad hand gets a lot of trusted innings right now. Look, he's been great with the bases empty when he's come in and nobody's been on, but that's not always going to be the case when you're playing better teams. And especially if, you know, (laughs) hopefully they get into a postseason position because you're playing good teams and good teams of guys that get on base. Um, You don't love the idea that somebody is needing to be so specialized in order to be effective. You want to be able to trust the guys you're putting out there in this newly elite unit and yeah, you probably want to shift him down the depth chart a little bit, even though he hasn't let up a home run, even though he's, you know, got the second lowest ERA on the staff uh, for anybody with any meaningful innings. It's um, it's nice. You'll take it. But I, I'm right there with you. The, when you have the numbers, you know, especially the walks, the way he, he's still walking a lot of guys. Um, it just, it, it concerns you a little bit because you don't want to put that much traffic on. You're not always going to get um, great batted ball luck. You know, home runs are one thing, sure, but you're also, you could get blooped to death and your, your whole season line could change in the blink of an eye. Um, so I, I like that Alvarado is getting more trusted as as the season is going on. I think that's a big help because- Yeah, I mean, that was that, that spot no right
1: there. Alvarado pitching mm-hmm. today's game. That's a mm-hmm. that's a hand spot a couple weeks ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And it was against two right-handed hitters that he got out. Um, so good, we need that. Good for him. All right, so two weeks, Paul. Yes. Until the trade deadline. Mm-hmm.
1: And so if if we are identifying three obvious needs, mm-hmm. a left-handed hitting outfielder who preferably could stand in center, a bullpen help, and a fourth or fifth starter, mm-hmm. how, how are you ranking them right now in terms of biggest need to least needed?
0: Uh Starting pitcher is first, and then added bullpen arm, and then outfielder for
1: me so we're on the same page and i think you know there was news uh from the reporters who were down with the team in miami i I was not there this weekend uh jim salisbury from nbc sports phillies uh reporting you know that that zach eflin had some soreness after he pitched a sim game yeah uh you know no timetable now he's gonna get shut down they're gonna have him evaluated over the break and clearly not 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 a good development for the phillies and i would say that i I kept mentioning this i think i mentioned on last podcast like he to me was the biggest off the field, you know, from the current situation, the current roster was the biggest off the field thing development to watch, you know, in the coming weeks, because I think it was, it's the situation that had the most influence on what they were going, what they're, they're going to do at the trade deadline. Yeah. And you know, now you, you have an incredible amount of uncertainty when, when it comes to Affleck. even if he has a good examination yes. over the all-star break, you're looking at, you know, a few more weeks here at least. And, and at that point, you don't know. You just don't know how it's going to happen when he tries to ramp it up like he did this weekend. You know, you just don't know. And so here we are. They're back and probably shopping in a, a a similar tier as the Kyle Gibson acquisition last summer, right? Maybe even a notch below, I guess. I don't know.
0: That would be fine. Yeah. And I think we're thinking along the same lines here, right? It, it's not that the biggest need requires the, the biggest... Band aid, you know,
1: you know. No, what I mean? you're talking about where do you move the needle the most, and what you're looking at right now is you would be replacing. You know, every fifth day you're gonna have to hand the ball to either Chris Sanchez, Bailey Falter, or Kent Emanuel. That that's really it. There's no <sighs> other options, and so out of that three, those are your guys. And so where do you where do you move the needle the most? This is a Matt Clintax thing, which I, I. But that's how they approach the deadlines. Like where it may not be the biggest name we can get, but where can we make the biggest upgrade to what we have? And I think that's in getting, even if it's like a veteran fifth starter type, like that is to me a bigger, a big upgrade over those three guys.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I think there are guys out there who you can prioritize this back end starter, this mid rotation starter, whoever it is, and not have to spend any huge chips. There are guys out there who are, you know, we, we've gone back and forth exchanging a couple ideas, you know, they're, they're the names like, uh, Chad cool, I think has actually had a couple of, of whispers and, and connections things to maybe legitimize something happening there. I like uh, just personally, Jose Quintana, I've, I've liked him for a long time. He's having a bit of a bounce back here for Pittsburgh. Like these are guys who are not putting up amazing numbers who are not going to be a third ACE alongside Nolan Wheeler. Um, but who can be counted on more than the guys you were just mentioning as the current depth, more than Kent Emmanuel to probably give you five plus quality innings when you put them in the rotation. And that's a huge deal because as good as the bullpen has been, you don't know if that bubble is going to pop just because we're not dealing with, you know, we were talking about track records. We're not dealing with a lot of guys who have long track records of being this good, especially not recently. So for me, because of the Zach Eflin situation, and it's a shame, you know, I I, I like Zach. I wanted him to have a better year. I wanted him to set himself up better for free agency than he currently is. So that, that's that's that got to sting a little bit and I feel bad for him um, because that option that's on his his current deal, there's no way that's getting picked up and he's right now staring down a deal that would be worth a fair bit less than that average. Um, he, the Phillies have to do something to support the rotation a little bit more. There has to be some kind of move to, to, to buttress that up to make it a little less onerous on the bullpen to three out of five days have to get ready to think about pitching, you know, in in the fifth or sixth inning.
1: Do you uh, do you call the A's and ask about Cole Irvin?
0: No, <laughs> no.
1: I look. I, I, Paul Paul Blackburn is a guy that like yeah. people mention as somebody that the A's could flip. Not necessarily connecting with the Phillies, but as a guy mm-hmm. they might flip. And I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't. Know I don't know either.
0: Like yeah. the, the bigger name with Oakland is Frankie Montas. And I'm not talking about that level because I think Frankie no. Montas is a better pitcher than that. He's going to require a bit more of a return and rightfully so he's, he's nice. He's a nice pitcher. Would I like to have him? Sure. I don't think that's the move the Phillies have to make and not the one we're talking about. Right Other
1: now. teams are going to have better packages and more yeah. urgency to acquire both Frankie Montas and Luis Castillo.
0: Oh, and yeah, Castillo, forget about it. No way. Like Castillo again, Great pitcher, really bouncing back in a nice way from a couple of down years. Um, zero chance, I think the Phillies empty the clip for him. No, I uh, Cole Irvin. It, it's nice to see what he's done for Oakland. Yeah,
1: I, I, I'm, I'm kidding. I mean, like, I, I, I don't even. I don't. You know, he's he's made a nice. He's made a nice spot for him there. Like, and and it's good to see him succeed.
0: The, yeah, I the, broader point, is. It, the broader point is that he's not the style of pitcher. I think no. I'd want to look at either. He doesn't strike out no. enough guys. The, and right. that's too much to put on this defense. This correct. The, look, the defense is still bad, right? We need to, we need to protect them a little bit. So, and that's
1: why you're worried about the Sanchez falter, Emmanuel. Yes. Triumvirate. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes, exactly. So um, I, I would definitely put that at the top. And again, doesn't have to be a huge move. I think you can, you can save up a little bit. I don't, and, you know, as more time goes on, I don't think the Phillies are positioning themselves or in, you know, a, a good spot to really make an empty the clip kind of move this deadline. I, I don't see it. I don't know if you've heard anything different or if there are whispers of something bigger brewing. No, potentially. there's not. But yeah, your, your boy,
1: so. your boy Ben Brown today, 13, ah.
0: strikeouts.
1: 13 strikeouts, no walks, two hits, seven innings, got close to 100 pitches. He, he's a guy that like, I think gets traded here in the next two weeks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You've been mentioning that he's, he's getting hot at the right time and that it makes some sense. It would be, it would be sad for me. I I like the guy and think he can be a contributor. Great.
1: But but that's like good development. Like prospects. And I was talking, I don't know if somebody was asking me about this in the comments in one of my stories, like, yes. Like, would you love to see more homegrown guys make it to the majors of the Phillies and have success and, and develop a core, no question mm-hmm. like people have been waiting for that, but like what made the Ruben teams uh post Gillick like so good is that they knew they got they had guys who got hot in the minors, they knew who to trade and who to keep. You know, they messed up the Dom Brown thing, yes, but they were somewhat justified. He was good for a little bit there in the big leagues, like you he was understand why they yeah. were insistent on keeping him. The guys they traded away, though, like it took Carrasco and Darno years, but they've become really solid major league players. Other than that, yep. really nothing. And they did such a good job of self-evaluating and knowing who to move on from and who not to. And in the case of Brown, who has really been a great pop-up prospect this year, he's a guy who has to go on the forty-man roster this offseason. He has mm-hmm. a history of injuries, doesn't have a, a significant innings uh, under his belt. Like he's probably going to need to. He's probably going to. Have to press pause here real soon. Like, they'll probably skip him for development. I mean, they're going to yeah. have to, I mean, just because they need to, you know, make sure he doesn't get his innings count before August. You know, I mean, he, he's up to, with his seven innings today, he's now up to 69 for the season. And his previous high was 56, and that was in 2018. You know, I mean, mm. that's a long time ago. So he threw yeah. 16 innings last year, and he's already at 69. And, uh, He's a guy who I think is probably a reliever. A projects as a reliever in the big leagues. Maybe that maybe that projection is changing with every start in which he strikes out thirteen over seven innings. But uh, that's <laughs> yeah, not bad. Maybe. That'll play. That'll uh, play. But he is the kind of guy that you that you uh, cash in here. I think. Yes. And 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 if he ends up being being good for someone else, then you know you tip your cap. I think. But you know, I mean, he was a a thirty third round pick this is good development. This is really good development and mm-hmm. it might be coming at the right time for them.
0: Yeah. hundred percent agreed as bittersweet as it is, because I'm, I'm in the boat of wanting to see some of these guys actually deliver things for the big club with the Phillies. Like we've, we've been missing that for a while. It feels like it's so few and far between where they get these real good developmental hits that actually stick for a while. Um, it would, it would be, yeah, it would be bittersweet to lose out on that, but you're absolutely right in that you also got to identify when the right time to strike is. And Ben Brown could absolutely help get you something more important, more meaningful this trade deadline season than he would have this winter. Absolutely no, or this past winter, I should say. Absolutely no question about that. Um, and it's that's the a thing. sign of a healthy system. Finally, yeah, yeah, guys, you know,
1: co- guys, you know coming out of, I wouldn't say nowhere, but I mean, he really mm-hmm. was uh, off the radar because of injuries and because of just a, a lack of time on the mound. Um, was a decent prospect before. I know people had liked him. I know you had yeah. liked him before yeah. he was hurt. But yeah, I mean, that's a sign of a healthy system, and it is, it is not. It's still a bottom third system in baseball. There's still a lot of issues, but I think clearly, like it's a pitching system, and and some of the changes they made and bringing in. Uh, Brian Kaplan uh, from Cressy's director of pitching development and Brian then brought in a couple of his own people from Cressy to work in the minors. They've, they've done a lot of interesting things. Uh, And, and I think it's uh, it's clearly showing in a guy like Ben Brown who, who has figured something out.
0: So let's, let's think about things a little bit more practically here. We're coming up on the all-star break. It's a chance to recharge for, Just about everybody on the team. We'll get to watch Kyle Schwarber in the Home Run Derby tomorrow night. That should be fun. Uh, Obviously, he's got incredible raw power, and we've seen him in the derby before. We know what he can do. Um, The team, some of them really need some time off, and they're getting it. And now we need to really sort of think about what these next couple of weeks are going to bring us.
1: 12-8 and without Bryce.
0: Yeah, and... The fact that they're still in it means something has to happen. My preference is it would happen sooner than waiting until the very end. I I feel like the guys, the Phillies should be thinking about with these sort of lesser moves i guess if you could call it that don't need to wait until the very last second. like you're, you're not, not a, be... you're
1: not afraid of setting the market no when you're going out and getting like a fifth starter Is exactly like yeah. it's, teams are always like oh, i don't want to set the market price i don't want to be the first one to make a trade right. and i get that i understand that there's dynamics at play there but yeah maybe you're not want to be the one who sets the price for a right-handed reliever uh, because there's a lot of them sure. available, and like yeah. it may not be a difference, but maybe there's a fifth starter out there. Where they've said this guy is, you know, we we think this guy we can make this guy measurably better than any other trade option. Let's go do it.
0: Yeah, and and think about where the team is in the standings right now, tied with St. Louis virtually. Um, they've played two fewer games than the Cardinals. Tied the St. Louis for the final wild card spot. Every game counts. You know, games in April, of course, you know, the saying count as much as games in September. But now we're really getting into crunch time. And every rotation spot that you give to those depth guys that we were talking about is one where you you teeter a bit on the on the brink.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see. They have they've said that Gibson and Noel are going to start out of the break against the Cubs. I okay. wonder if they use the fifth starter, the the fifth spot that Sunday against the Cubs, because if they don't, it will be Tuesday against the Braves. But I think I'd rather have Bailey falter. If it is him starting against the Cubs, right?
0: Yeah. You, you have to set yourself up as best you can. Obviously there are some constraints and you can't just put whoever you want to start in any given game in any given series. But if you have the chance right now is the best chance when you have all this time away to reset your rotation and position yourself better for the near term. Yes, you have to do that. I would rather Bailey falter started against the Cubs. I feel like that's a better positioning matchup uh, than throwing him against Atlanta. Um, the f- Sorry, it's Gib- it's Gibson and Wheeler coming
1: out of the break. Gibson and then Wheeler pitches that Saturday, so he'll miss. He misses the Braves then, right? Why are they doing that?
0: Yeah, well, I think that Braves. deserves a closer look.
1: Well, uh, I thought like they also want to give Wheeler as as like much time here because he 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 made two starts on sh- on regular rest, but like they've been on 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 his fifth day, they've been trying to get everybody on their sixth day, really. Mm. In this modern game, his last two been on his fifth day. Clearly, his last one, he was pretty gassed. I think they're looking to get him as reasonable of a break here as they can. So he'll end up going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now he's going to get nine days of rest here between starts. And that's not a bad thing for him given the workload last year.
0: No, not at all. He's not going to be starting
1: on Zach Wheeler replica Jersey day, which is the next day, Sunday,
0: the 24th. (laughs) Well, that feels like a missed opportunity. Um, No, but this is critical, right? We We are entering a really important time in the season. And if there's a move to be made, and it's clear now that the Phillies are going to be without one of their planned starting pitchers for a while. You know, they say no, whenever you hear the words, no timetable, uh, you know, things are, are a little precarious. So if they're going to be without Zach Eflin for a while, now, is the time that within the next week or 10 days, I don't want to, I don't want to see this waiting until August 2nd to make a waiver wire claim and, you know, have that guy be on the churn for your fifth starter spot. Because what does that give you? There are guys out there who can help you, you know, maybe even beyond the Chad Cools and the Jose Quintana's and the Paul Blackburns and, and, and those guys, like maybe there's somebody more creative we haven't thought of yet, but the guys are out there. There are teams that are out of it. Maybe even think along the lines of uh, he's come up before. I don't know, like Merrill Kelly, like th- there are guys out there who make some kind of sense. This team needs a starting pitcher. It is the most pressing need right now with the injuries they have. They don't have a lot of reinforcement coming back like they do with the offensive side. The bullpen is doing fine for right now, but they also have uh, a decent amount of reserves there. It's not of a pressing need. This is the time to identify who's available, what price makes sense, and do something within the next like week and a half to minimize the amount of times you're throwing Chris Sanchez and Ken Emanuel and Bailey Falter and whoever out there in that fifth starter spot. Like th- this is crucial time. I would really hate to see it wait too long. I don't want to see them throw away starts. If they end up pulling out wins. Great. I'll look dumb. That's fine. I just want them to put themselves in a better position because if we're going to take this, this postseason push seriously, I want them to feel a serious team. I, I don't think that that fifth starter option pool right now is the most serious you can be if you're really trying to hang in there and compete with the likes of, you know, the Cardinals and the Padres and the giants and, and teams that are in the playoffs a little bit more regularly than once every 11 years.
1: I re- I, I think about their process last year. I hate using that word, but their process, they, they really liked Tyler Anderson <laughs> and they thought they had traded. Oh him. yeah. And like, he was yeah. just okay for Seattle after the deal last uh-huh. year, he ended up going to Seattle Now he's an all-star this year. And clearly I think the Phillies, I know this, like I've talked, like they had identified some things like we can, and who knows if it's the same things that the Dodgers identified and turned him into an all-star. I don't know. Dodgers are pretty good at this thing, better Mm -hmm. than the Phillies at it. But uh, they had, they liked him for certain reasons and uh, they were onto something clearly. So if if that was their process last summer, uh, I'm curious to see what they come up with here. And yeah, it should be Mm -hmm. if they identify a guy that they're like, we can make this guy better and, and he's the guy like, yes. By all means, uh, you know, do it. And they had, they had made the deal for Anderson uh, a couple days before the deadline. I'm not going to remember how many days before, but it wasn't right at the deadline.
0: Uh, yep, yeah, you're right, you're right.
1: So they had they you know they knew they had a need and they were trying. I mean, I don't know, they were trying to fill Eflin's spot again last year. It was right around this time last year when he he ended up going down. So yeah,
0: the more things change. Yep. Well, okay, we know what the Phillies are through the first half of the season, kind of. They've at least arrived where we roughly expected them to be through 90-some games. They're above 500, fantastic. They're in playoff contention, also fantastic. They've got some guys who are doing great, some guys who could be doing a lot better. And it's all come together to make for an interesting first half, I would say. But there's still work to be done. There is a lot of work to be done, in my personal opinion. Uh, we'll see how much work they actually do between now and August second. That's a very strange deadline. I need to remind myself that it's not the end of July. August second is the trade deadline, and the Phillies got some holes to fill. Uh, you don't have
1: draft fever like I do.
0: Oh uh, man, look. I, I guess just to touch on the draft,
1: Louis, Louis Polis, <laughs> you know, former Phillies. Uh, oh yeah, really, former Phillies. He was their, you know, really their head. Yeah, and uh, when it came to the draft, when the amateur draft, Louis was their uh, the top R- analyst, R and D person on the draft, and he just tweeted something. He said, "Do you want to know a baseball secret? The first night of the draft is really boring. Of course, it's exciting and the culmination of months of hard work, but it goes by really slowly, and you spend most of the many hours just watching players you like come off the board. And you know what? I'm not. I, I think the draft is important, and it's a fascinating exercise, and a lot of people work toward it, but." Uh, I'm not a major league baseball draft guy.
0: Yeah, I, I think the whole system gaming with the draft pools and and having guys float to certain spots and all there's there's too much of the bonus pool that's involved in getting players picked. It should just be best player available you know, cause you don't really draft for need in baseball with how far. Right. Away and if you are, were able just... to
1: trade picks, I feel like there'd be more interest. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the picks weren't, if the picks weren't tied to a bonus pool, if they weren't mm-hmm. tied to a specific value and you could trade the picks and it wasn't about gaming the money and everything. It was more about, Hey, let's, let's, you know, let's go get some picks. Let's trade, you know, a big leaguer for some picks. I, I don't know. Like I feel like that would make it more interesting.
0: Yeah. So I mean, respectfully to, you know, folks like Louie out there with their current teams and who put so much work into this, it just doesn't land for me. I hope the Phillies get a good player. Yay. (laughs) I mean, hey, they got, they did nice with Andrew Painter. Um, And Mick
1: Abel. And Mick Abel. The last few drafts have been quite good, at least the initial returns. And yeah, something I wrote about this week at The Athletic. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know what what it'll mean. You know, it takes years to evaluate these things, but the initial returns have been quite good under Brian Barber. He's a Mm -hmm. scouting director. And so I think the strategy of the draft is interesting and like what they've started to prioritize, but like the actual draft itself is like, I don't know. Like I, I, yeah, I, I really well, guys get picked
0: interested. and then you, you spend the first year or two forgetting about them. I mean, especially with other teams like I just I forget about guys and then they surface on the major leagues. And you're like, oh, yeah, he was a top 10 pick a couple of years ago. Huh, <laughs> go figure. Um, but anyway, somebody
1: noted the Phillies made it, you know, a transaction where they demoted two number one overall picks at the same time. They optioned both of them. And then somebody noted that Adley Rutschman is the only active I think there's two of the last nine one ones are on active major league rosters right now. That's Dude, it. Good lord, Adley Rutschman and Dansby Swanson are the only ones on an active major league roster. I think Royce Lewis is hurt, um, but everyone else is either yeah. in the, ma- the minors or just yeah. It, 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 it's yeah.
0: That's not that's not great. Uh, anyway, <laughs> hopefully that the sorry reason- you're trying to get away. No, this no, this podcast needed to be <laughs> end a while ago.
1: Everybody should have a great All Star break. <laughs> Uh, look forward to talking more after the break. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, obviously an interesting few weeks right after the break. But this team is is in it. They're going to be in it. I can't imagine a scenario in which they totally fall out of it and are not relevant in September. Do you agree with me?
0: Uh, absolutely. I'm there. I'm I'm on board. I'm I'm taking this train into September. Hell or high water. Let's do it, baby. I'm in. All right. Well, I I can't I can't sign it off any better than that. Enjoy your all-star break, everybody. We'll be back at you next week um, as the Phillies emerge from the break and and keep on with their postseason push. Thanks for listening. Matt Gelb, The Athletic Philadelphia. As always, thanks for being on. We'll catch you guys after the break.